This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, today we have finished now for completing the book of Tehillim. Uh, we're going to do the last four, the last four Psalms of Tehillim, which are all Psalms of praise, which are all parts of our prayer book, all part of our Pesukei de Zimra, which is the end of the uh, last Psalms before Yishtabach. Between Baruch Shemar and Yishtabach, who comes every every morning in Shacharit, so they're beautiful psalms of praise of God. That's why they're included in the prayer book. And these are some of the most uh, famous psalms, with the most famous word, uh, which is uh, worldwide famous. The word Hallelujah, which we talked about separately. We had a whole class on Hallelujah. So these psalms. Uh, the last four psalms start with 147, 148, 149, 150. We're going to just go through them very briefly uh, today. And so the Psalm 147 was written as a praise to Hashem. And that's all the psalms of hallelujah. Is that, um, we said it's a one-word praise of God. It's a one-word hallelujah. It's praise. Yeah, it's Hashem. So it's a one-word praise of Hashem. So this, uh, this psalm is written as a praise to Hashem for redeeming Israel from the nations. You know, this, is, this psalm is much more applicable today than any time in our history, maybe except for after the Purim story when Jews started going back to Israel. But, uh, you know, when the Jews started going back to Israel after the Purim story, we find the book of Ezra and Nehemiah, it lists, only lists about 40,000 Jews that went back. And you take that and you take a look at today and you see it's nearly half the Jewish people in the world are now in Israel. More are coming. So we have more reason to say this psalm and all the last four psalms of the book of Psalms, which relate to our situation today where the Jews are coming back to Israel. So it's a praise to God for redeeming Israel from among the nations, returning them to their homeland. So it's a psalm of celebration. It declares Hashem's goodness and urges all of creation to worship Hashem. And I just want to give you a little summary. This chapter 147 talks about the wondrous works of God in heaven and earth, as well as his kindness to his creatures. He further exalts the holy city of Jerusalem, which we're going to talk about, uh, which is one of the blessings. The Gemara says we learn from here one of the blessings in Birkat Amazon is the blessing, Bonei Yerushalayim, Baruch Hashem, Bonei Yerushalayim. And we put an Amen over there, because that really is the ending from the Torah of the Brikat Amazon. But you say the Amen silently, it says, so that other people should not hear, and they walk out. So that was in those days, the good old days, where people would hear the Amen, the end of the blessings, to say, hey, the blessing's ending, let's walk out. So then the rabbis added the fourth blessing, but the third blessing, the source of the third blessing is in Psalm 147, where we praise Hashem for rebuilding Jerusalem, we're seeing in front of our very eyes. Amazing how Jerusalem is being rebuilt in front of our very eyes. It's very expensive, but there are apartment buildings going up everywhere you look. There are apartment buildings going up. There are light rail systems being built. It's causing havoc all over Jerusalem. There are tunnels being built near my house, tunnels uh, which are going to be a quick uh, exit or uh, or entrance to Jerusalem from the Tel Aviv road. Amazing, amazing amount of construction. Who is doing all this? Well, we're doing it, but Hashem gave us this ability. That's something we must not forget. Hashem gave us the ability. It's a miracle. Whoever wonders where God is, look, just come to Israel and see. God is rebuilding Israel in front of our very eyes. It's a prediction of the prophecies 
coming true. And this is one of the Psalms 147, which tells us to praise God for rebuilding Jerusalem, which is the future. Imagine, this is King David writing this uh, 3,000 odd years ago, predicting the rebuilding of Jerusalem in 3,000 years time. Amazing, amazing prediction. So we're thanking God for rebuilding Yerushalayim. And the future in gathering of the exiles again. Imagine writing this 3,000 years ago. The future in gathering of the exiles. The psalm consists of 20 verses, subdivided into three parts. 20 pesukim, 20 verses, divided into three parts. It is the okay. The psalmist praises Hashem for His power and His righteousness. In verses one to six, in verses seven to eleven, He praises Hashem for His providence over the creatures. And his loving kindness to all those who fear him. In Psalms, in, in verses 12 to 20, he continues his praise of Hashem as the one who blesses Jerusalem, as we talked about, sends rain in its time, and who gave the precious Torah to Israel. So interesting. The builder of Yushalayim in verse 2, the builder of Yushalayim is Adonai. God, God is the builder of Jerusalem. The banished ones of Israel he will gather. This is a prophecy in the Psalm. Thanking God for doing this 3,000 years ago for what he's doing right now. So we're thanking him. We can thank him. We can say the Psalm 147 and really mean it. This is totally applicable today in front of our very eyes. So I just want to translate the Psalm and we go into it a bit more. Hallelujah. It is good to make music to our God. For praise is pleasant and befitting. The builder of Jerusalem is Hashem. The outcast of Israel he will gather in. He's going to gather in all the exiles. He is the healer of the brokenhearted. Yeah, we suffered a lot in exile. Jewish people suffered and we're still suffering all over the world. But Hashem is the healer of the broken hearts. He's the one who binds up their sorrows. He counts the number of the stars, which we have to talk about because in Mazal Israel, we are above the stars. We are above astrology. And God knows the, the number of the stars and all of them he assigns names. Great is our God and abundant in strength. He's above the stars. Our protection from God is above the stars, above the zodiac, above astrology. His understanding is beyond calculation. Hashem encourages the humble. He lowers the wicked down to the ground. This is Hashkacha, divine providence. God created the world and he did not walk away again. He did not walk away from the world. He is behind the scenes, and we talked about last week, we talked about Purim. Hashem is very much involved with the world. We just can't see it. We just can't notice it. But eventually, everyone gets their just desserts. Call out to Hashem with thanks. With the harp, sing to our God, who covers the heavens with cloud, who prepares rain for the earth, who makes mountains sprout with grass. We'll see that today. Just beautiful. We had a lot of rain in Israel. Uh, more rain on the way tomorrow and day after before the great uh, summer season starts. So Bezrael Shem, the canary is nearly full, who covers the heaven with clouds, prepares the rain for the earth, makes mountains sprout with grass. Look around the mountains of Yushalayim, they're all green now, Baruch Hashem. He gives to an animal its food, to young ravens that cry out. Now we come to a very interesting line, not in the strength of the horse does he desire. This was the beautiful ending of, if you paid attention to Haftarah Lash Abad, Ending of Yirmiyahu and Jeremiah ends off this similar concept that Hashem does not love strength. Hashem does not praise a person for their strength. And we should praise each other for strength. Uh, what should a person praise 
phrase, a person who fears God. That's the phrase of a person. So not in the strength of the horse does he desire, not in the length, legs of man does he favor. Hashem favors those who fear him. What does that mean, fear him? Those who respect Hashem and bring Hashem into their lives. Just by reading the book of Tehillim, a person can bring Hashem into their lives, into their mundane lives, and sanctify their lives. Praise Hashem, O Jerusalem. Here we are. The build of Jerusalem is God. Lord, your God, O Zion, we have strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed your children in your midst. It's a beautiful lady. It's a beautiful song. He who makes your borders peaceful, make our borders peaceful. And with the cream of wheat, he satiates you. In other words, we should live off the fat of the land. He who dispatches his utterance earthward, how swiftly his commandments run. He who gives snow like fleece, he scatters frost like ashes. He holds his ice like crumbs before his cold who can stand. He issues his commands and it melts them. He blows his wind, the waters flow. He relates his word to Jacob, his statutes and judgments to Israel. We thank God. We praise God for giving us the Torah. His word to Jacob, that's us, his statutes and judgments to Israel. He did not do so for any other nation. Such judgments, they know that not. Hallelujah. So we are the lucky ones who got the Torah. How come we were chosen to get the Torah? And the answer is, if you look at the Midrash, everyone else refused the Torah. Uh, the famous Midrash, someone asked me this week, how come we have the Torah and no one else? And the answer is, we were the only ones who asked for the Torah. You know, the famous, the famous joke that Hashem said, Moshe, I want to give you uh, the Torah. And Moshe says, I got a headache. So Hashem says, I'll give you two tablets. Okay, so there's a joke. Okay, it's a joke. Uh, not a very good one. Okay, so we are moving on. Psalm 147 praises God for, for building Jerusalem for bringing back the exiles, we're living this aspect of God. We thank God for his divine protection. We thank God for his providence, his divine providence. Israel is not governed by the stars. We said, in Mazal Israel, we are above the stars. We are totally under divine providence. But Israel Hashem, Hashem should protect us everywhere in Israel, outside Israel, all around the world. Hashem is our protector. He is the one that doesn't slumber, doesn't sleep. He is the guardian of Israel. We're moving on to Psalm 148. It's also, again, a psalm of praise. How do we know? It starts with hallelujah. Praise be God. Psalm of praise. It's a psalm of celebration. It declares Hashem's goodness and urges all of creation to worship Hashem. So the psalmist now calls out to all creatures on high and below each in accordance with this level and degree of completeness, to offer claim and praise to Hashem. The psalm consists of 14 verses subdivided into two parts. There's, in verses 1 to 6, the singer addresses the heavenly beings, the sun, the moon, the stars, admonishing them to praise Hashem. In verses 7 to 14, he specifies 23 earthly beings. That must also praise Hashem, thereby encompassing the entire universe, the entire universe, the uh, heavenly beings and the earthly beings. Both must praise God. And the, the Talmud in uh, Pesachim, page two a, says, "Praise Him, Hashem, a sun and moon. Praise Him, all the stars of light." Infers 
that these words are addressing only the stars which continue to provide light. Stars which no longer give light need and praise them as they're ready to fulfill their charge. What does that mean? Did we see the Talmud understood there are stars which are burnt out? They don't have to praise God. It's the stars that give light to praise God. Okay, so let's just translate this, uh, this beautiful psalm that we say every day in Apsukim Zimra. Before Azashim Asher, hallelujah. Praise Hashem from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him all His angels. Praise Him all His legions. Praise Him sun and moon. Praise Him all bright stars. Praise Him the most exalted of the heavens and the waters that are above the heavens. Let them praise the name of Hashem. For He commanded and they were created. And He established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will not change. Praise Hashem from the earth, sea giants and all watery depths, fire and hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, crawling things and winged fowl, kings of the earth and all governments, princes and all judges on earth, young men and maidens, old men together with youths. Let them praise the name of Hashem, for his name alone will have been exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven, and he will have exalted the pride of his nation, causing praise for all his devout ones, for the children of Israel, his intimate people. Hallelujah. So again, this is a call, a tremendous call, imagine, to all the world, to the entire universe, to the heavenly bodies, to the bodies down here, everyone who is created in this world. To praise God. This amazing, amazing psalm. Um, call out to praise God. I mean, you don't hear this too often today. A call to all the nations of the world to praise God. And Bezra Hashem, we're going to see that all the nations of the world will recognize God in the end. And we say every day in our prayers, three times a day, on that day, which we're waiting for this great day, the Messianic era, all the people of the world will recognize the unity of God and will call out to them to all praise God together. This is the psalm. Imagine the whole world will be singing this psalm. Okay, so we are now moving on to Psalm 149. In every generation, Hashem confronts us with new challenges and problems that he provides us with the opportunity to solve them. For this, our songs of praise never grow stale. They are always infused with new meaning. But the greatest, newest song of all will spring from our lips when history reaches its climax with the coming of the Mashiach. So you can see these last songs have to do with the end of time, which is where we're very much coming up to it, hopefully Time does not end with a big bang, but ends in a nice, peaceful way. We have to pray for peace in the world. So this Psalm 149 is full of lofty praises of Hashem. The penultimate Psalm of Tehillim has been made into a popular song. Let Israel rejoice in its maker. And the children of Zion rejoice in its king. According to the great Sephardic commentator Sephorno, even though all the nations of the world were made by God, Israel is his chosen people and therefore merits the right to say we were chiefly made by him. 
We praise Hashem with dancing, drums, with a harp. We make music to him in the temple of old. This is what something I'm really looking forward to. Music was commonplace. It's interesting because one of the ways to reach, achieve prophecy is through music. A person, when he hears, when they hear music, it uplifts the soul. And a person can contact the soul, contacts with Hashem. So music was commonplace in the temple. Every offering had a musical accompaniment, which is accompanied by the Levites. The orchestra in the temple was made up of Levites who played the music and they sang the songs. Which songs did they sing? They sang songs of psalms. They sang songs of psalms. We have the words, we don't have the music. But it was a very uplifting experience, a beautiful experience. And that's what this psalm tells us. We, we praise God with dancing, drums, with a harp. We make music to him. In the temple of old, music was commonplace, unlike today. When most people prefer praying to be over as quickly as possible. In those days, speed was less important for masses than joyously singing to Hashem. And the righteous sing joyously in their beds when they recite Kriyat Shema each night before going to sleep. Safe and secure the knowledge that Hashem will protect them from all harm. And so I just want to translate the Psalm, Psalm 149. Hallelujah. Sing to Hashem a new song. Why is it called a new song? Because related to the Messianic era, it's going to be a new song. Let his praise be in the congregation of the devout. Let Israel exult in its maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in its king. Let them praise his name with dancing, with drums and harp. Let him make music to them. For Hashem favors his nation. He adorns the humble with salvation. Let the devout exult in glory. Let him sing joyously upon their beds. The lofty praises of God are in their throats. And a double-edged sword is in their hands. He said, this is the Kriyat Shema of before going to sleep. It's like a double-edged sword that kills all the enemies, the spiritual enemies above. To execute vengeance among the nations. Rebuke among the governments to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute upon the written judgment, that will be the splendor of all his devout ones. Hallelujah, this is a messianic era where the wicked will be punished in front of everyone. And they'll have repayment for all their troubles to the Jewish people. We will see this and witness this together. So this psalm is full of lofty praises. The lofty praises of Hashem are in their throats. This pasuk reminds us of the famous quote from my ancestor Yitzhak. When Yaakov came in to trick him into receiving the blessings, Yitzhak said, Akol, kol Yaakov. The voice is the voice of Jacob. We are dying, your day in the hands and hands of Esau. The voice is the voice of Jacob. Using our throats to sing and praise Hashem, we can overcome the bloodthirsty murderers descending from Esau who have been killing us for millennia. May this dream be realized in true and stunning fashion with the coming of Mashiach speedily in our days. Amen. Psalm 150, the last psalm, is a very short psalm. It's a psalm just before Vayvarek David, which is said every single day. Beautiful psalm. I'm going to read in Hebrew and English. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
חללו בקיע עוזו, חללו בגבולותיו, חללו כרוב גודלו, חללו בתק השופר, חללו בנבל וכינור, חללו בתוף מחור, חללו במילים ובגב, חללו בצלצלי שמה, חללו בצלצלי תרועה, כל הנשמה תהללויה, הללויה, הללויה, praise God in the sanctuary, praise him in the firmament of his power, praise him for his mighty acts, praise him as befits his abundant greatness, praise him with the blast of the shofar, praise him with the lyre and the harp, praise him with the drum and dance, praise him with the organ and flute, praise him with clanging cymbals, praise him with resonant trumpets, let all the souls praise him, hallelujah. So a beautiful psalm, just want to comment on this, the psalm is full of lofty praises to Hashem, And uh, the final chapter of the Book of Psalms calls for a symphony of horns, drums, lyres, and more. Some people might immediately put down a book, which is 150 chapters. That's precisely how many chapters there are in the Book of Psalms, 150 chapters. The short chapters, not long chapters. The longest chapter is Psalm 119 which has 22 times 8 verses, 22 times 8 verses, that you do the math, 880 verses in Psalm 119, that is the longest psalm by far, but the other psalms are basically less than a page, usually less than a page. So in 50 chapters of Psalms, it's uh, precisely how many there are in the book of Psalms, and for one reason or another, it has remained relevant to Jews, and adherents of many other faiths for millennia. Far more than any other biblical book, Psalms or Tehillim in Hebrew have been imported into the text of the Jewish prayer book. One Psalm included in its entirety is the final chapter, Psalm 150, serving as a kind of grand finale to a jam-packed book of poetry and praise. So let's examine it more closely. Let's begin by looking at its thesis statement, made clear by the repetition of one word 12 times in only six verses. The sixth verse of the psalm has one word 12 times, and you got it. The word is hallelujah, 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 that's two, hallelujah, hallelujah, the word Hallel, 12 times. This short psalm has the word Hallel, praise, 12 times. Made. So it's a, the word praise is like imperative. Praise, 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 praise. That we are lucky that we have the ability to praise Hashem, no other being in the in the world has this ability. It says the, the angels praise God, but they praise God as robots. We are the only beings who can praise God using our free choice, our free will. We're given free will. We can use our free will to praise God. And by us praising God, we trigger praises of God in the worlds above. So we have to praise God. And that's what David Melech ends off his book of Psalms. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him 12 times. So that is a root. We said the word hallelujah is hallel. 
And hallelujah, praise, but it's an imperative as an instruction for all of Israel. David Melech's last wish in the book of Psalms is telling us, imploring us, praise God, praise Hashem, please praise Hashem. This is of itself fairly unsurprising because as a culmination of a book about Hashem's incredible attributes and as a centralized text in daily worship, we would expect the idea of praise to manifest. However, what's interesting is the manner of praise that the text proposes. After 149 previous Psalms, this final peak text tells its readers to praise Hashem through holy instrumental music, a symphony of horns, drums, lyres, and more, all mobilized towards the sanctification of Hashem's name. So that is the big difference. Over here, we are commanded, we are enjoined, we are entreated by David Amela, praise God with music. Very important. Praise God with music, holy music. Many people, Jewish and otherwise, will speak passionately about the ways in which they experience holiness through music. But here we have the proof that holiness is through music. Unfortunately, the exiles took away our music. It says, as it says, by the rivers of Babylon, we sat and we wept. I'm just talking about this today in the Dafyomi, how the ten tribes were lost, and then the two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, were taken to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar, the destruction of the first temple. And it says, we sat and we wept by the rivers of Babylon. And the rabbis tell us that was the first time they sat. They had to walk all the way from Jerusalem to Babylon without, unfortunately, without sitting. The first time they sat were by the rivers of Babylon. They sat and there we wept. With Talinu Kinorotenu, we hung up our harps. We couldn't sing anymore. Our sadness overcame us. We couldn't sing. That was the end for uh, 70 years of music for the Jewish people in the temple. Until 70 years later, we built the temple and the music started again. When the second temple was destroyed by the Romans in the year 70 or 71 CE, again, the music stopped. Um, only today is Hasidic music uh, coming back into play. You can hear all kinds of Jewish artists singing music. But the real music will be the music in the temple that we should hear. Bezrat Hashem, we're really looking forward to hearing the music of the Levites singing and playing music in the temple. That's what this psalm is unique. It's telling Jews to praise God with music. Praise God with an orchestra. And Bezrat Hashem, we will see this and we'll see this today. You know, we'll see this today at weddings. Go to a Jewish wedding. There's an orchestra playing Jewish music. And Bezrat Hashem, we'll see this in the temple with the orchestra playing music. And playing songs, as Ravashem, we will see this. So many people we talk about passionate about music, but here we have a proof in the text. David Amelech is encouraging. That was his way. He praised God. That was the way of David Amelech. David Amelech was one of the happiest depressed people. <laughs> it's, it's hard to imagine, right? He was depressed because of his life. He had misery surrounding him in all different ways, but nevertheless, he cheered himself up by playing music and praising God. He, not, he didn't only cheer himself up, he also cheered up other people like King Saul who was depressed and cheered up other people around him with his music and his singing and his uh, words, the beautiful words of songs. 
So here he is telling us to play music. And the last psalm as a whole is last psalm before by Barak David in the Pesukah de Zimra. For King David's book of praises for Hashem, the poem ends this extended homage to Hashem. And it's personal praise to the demand all humanity join the praise to all creation acclaiming the greatness of Hashem to a new song that must be sung for post-biblical miracles to this final song. So let me just go through that very quickly. Again, very important. There's a crescendo at the end of the book of Psalms. 147 says, all humanity should join praising God. 148 says, all creation should join praising God. 149 says, a new psalm will be sang, praise God, the messianic era. And then we have our psalm, which is like a, telling us to praise God. Everyone should praise God with music. And this is the, the Gula Shlema, is probably at the final redemption. We have the word hallelujah, 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 10 times. However, we get, if you count the final and first word and the last word in the psalm, hallelujah and hallelujah, you have 12 times Hallel mentioned in this book of Psalms. We have 12, which fits in very neatly because we're 12 tribes. There were 12 requests in the Shwana Esrei before they added number 13. There are 12 months in the year, except on a leap year like this year. So usually 12 is a good round number, 12. Why is 12 such an important number in Jewish law? And the answer is, it's the amount of permutations of God's name, Yudkei So Yudkei has four letters. The permutation of four letters is usually Four factorial, which is four times three times two, which is 24. But in the Yudke Vavke, there are two letters which are the same. The first hey and the second hey. And therefore, we divide it by two and you have a combination of 12 letters, 12 different combinations of these four letters. And the Kabbalists tell us each month is represented by a different combination. Each tribe is represented by a different combination of these four letters and therefore you have 12 times praise in this psalm, praising the 12 different combinations of God's name of Yudkei But what's interesting is number 13, because number 13 is the one after 12. Number 13 are the 13 attributes of God. The number 13 is the gematria of the word Echad, which is one. Unity is number 13, which is very strange. Like, why is unity number 13? So that is God. God is number 13. What does it mean God is number 13? God is represented by these 13 attributes. Even though Rambam tells us God has no attributes. Uh, these, oh, okay. Thank you. these attributes are uh, for us to emulate. God has no attributes. These attributes are for us to emulate and for no other reason. They're not for uh, telling us... Uh, about God, God has no attributes, God is not a human being, there's no character trait, Ramon says, it's for us to emulate. So 13. So it's interesting, so by repeating the last verse, the, the hallelujah in the first line and the last line, we have 13, we have 12, and uh, you add an extra one, you get 13. A 13th month we add in, in a leap year, a 13th tribe, a 13th request added to the Shimon Esrei, we do the same in our song. We repeat the last line, right? If you look at the Sukkot Zimbra, we repeat the last line again. 
That's why we get 13. Hallelujah. In this verse, we repeat the line, Kol We repeat this last line to get the extra. The next number we have in the psalm is the list of musical instruments, which is to comprise this impressive orchestra. How many musical instruments? I'm not going to try and identify them. We're going to leave that to the archaeologists. However, we find there are 10 musical instruments in this psalm. If you count the symbols listed in, in the verse 5, um, uh, there are two different ways of playing them. Where is the tenth? So you have nine. Where is the tenth? And the answer is called Every soul will praise God. Who is the tenth? And the answer is we are the tenth. Our voices are the tenth musical instrument in of the song. You know, it's interesting what the Gemara says. When it says, every soul will praise God. It says, don't read every soul, but read every breath should praise God. Every single breath we take. We should take every single breath and praise God with our breaths. So personally, we talked about this meditation. Breathe in. Thank you, Hashem, for my life. Breathe out. We, we, Hashem, your praise should be forever. So it's a different ways of thinking that every breath should praise God. Every soul should praise God, but the soul is in the breath. It says at the beginning of the Torah that God blew into the nostrils of Adam the breath of life, the soul of life. And so therefore our souls are related to the breath. So praise God with your breath. Praise God with your voice. Because when you praise God, that's your soul is talking. That's your soul expressing itself. So many authorities maintain the final verse in our psalm is telling us that the greatest music to adulate our creator is breath, neshima. Neshima, neshima. Rav Salabetchik added to this idyllic scene by commentating in his book, in a book called Before Hashem, page four, where we not led astray by sin, he says, we would sense Hashem in every breath, in the very rhythm of life. In the absence of sin, Hashem's presence would be evident in every natural encounter. The whisper of the master of the universe would be heard in the bubbling of every crystal spring. His imminence would be perceived in every sunrise and sunset. So we, have, we are the ones, our neshama, express the final music to God. We, we are with our souls, with our voices, we express this praise to God. However, on the other hand, not every commentator agrees that the word neshama relates to an individual's spiritual soul. Many maintain the verse should be translated, let every human soul praise Hashem. In other words, we're not describing the entirety of one single person's soul. Instead, we are demanding Every single human being must praise Hashem. This blending of every human soul would be the most sublime music in the universe. Imagine every single human being. You know, I remember once there was a, a beautiful advertisement for Coke. It's the real thing. And you had people, it's, uh, they had a, must be thousands of people singing this song. And you see every nation represented, every color, every type of person represented. It was a beautiful song. Unfortunately, it was not used to praise God, but that's what will happen at the end of time. Every single nation will be represented praising God. That's what we're asking. Every single soul, 
in the world. Praise God. That's David Amela's final entreaty to the world. Imagine the last line in the book of Psalms is this prediction. We're seeing a lot of the predictions come true today. But this final prediction is every single soul in the world, every single human being in the world. We'll see this movie. It's going to be a beautiful movie. It will be alive on TV. All the representatives, all the nations, all the good voices will come together to sing this psalm of praise to God. We will see it. So there's a custom in many Jewish circles. And you'll look in the, in the, in the book of Tehillim, you'll see it's listed sometimes as five books. And compared to the five books of the Torah, just like the Chumash, we see that each book, ignoring one extra verse of the book, end of book two, ends with a verse beginning with Baruch and ends with Amen. So every of these five books, the last line in the book is Baruch, and ends up with the word Amen. And here we have, So what's going on? How come this, this last line departs from all the other five, of the other five books? The, four, the other four books start with Baruch and end with Amen. And in our last Psalm, we don't have this formula of Baruch and Amen. So it's interesting. Why? Why is there no last line in this verse that ends, uh, starts with Baruch, ends with Amen? I think the difference is based on the fact that our final song in Psalm is meant for a future time. When our praises will be total as opposed to our praises in this world. There's a basic difference between a bracha and a halil. Right? There's also the reason uh, a bracha, what is a bracha? A bracha to Hashem does include a certain amount of praise. However, the term is a request. We, the, the word bracha, the, the root of the word bracha is the word brecha, which is a stream. We are pleading to Hashem to bless us. Uh, when we say bless the you Hashem, no, that's, you know, that's, that's a wrong translation. You Hashem are the source of all blessing. We're recognizing that God is the source of blessing. We're asking God to trigger his blessing upon us. So that is the difference between bracha and halel. A bracha is we're asking God to bless us. We need something. We want more. A bracha is always a term where you see things increasing. Increasing and multiplying is a bracha. If it's, uh, things are decreasing, it's the opposite of a bracha. So a bracha is with asking God to bless us and, and increase our food, increase our clothing, increase our financial wealth. We're, we're not just thanking Hashem for what he provides, we're asking God to provide more. In fact, Arizal says the secret of our success is Birkat Amazon. The secret of one's financial success is in the Birkat Amazon. If we praise God for our food, God will send us more food. That's the trigger. The trigger is our blessings, whereas hallelujah, hallelujah is praise, gratuitous praise. Thank you, Hashem. We're, we're praising you, Hashem, for everything you gave us, for everything you do for us. We're not asking for something. We are actually thanking you. We're actually praising you. So the tremendous difference. And that's the difference between, this is why this psalm ends off with hallelujah. It's the higher level of praise, more than Baruch. Baruch implies, I'm praising you, I'm thanking you, but I want, I'm praising you and thanking you and asking you for more. But hallelujah is thank you for just for who you are. 
praise are you Hashem for who you are. And on that note, I'm going to end off this class. There's Rav Hashem. Next week, uh, we are going back to David HaMelech. And then we only have two weeks to Pesach. And then we'll talk more about Pesach in the last two weeks. So let- You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.